welcome to the sixth episode of I Dare You to Care. I'm your host, Sylvia Bafour, and this is the show where we dare to care about our emotional intelligence and all the ways that it can help us to thrive in our personal and professional lives. So in the last episode I shared to close out what was undoubtedly a, a very turbulent and difficult year for, for so many of us, I had one wish for you, my treasured listener. And it was, it was a wish that you carry with you as much perspective as you possibly can to help you cope with the challenges ahead, especially the ones that will test you the most. Well, as we begin this first episode of 2021, that continues to be my wish for you. you know, because we all know that without an ability to frame our own perspective, to manage the way we choose to see what is happening to and around us, you know, without an ability to manage that, then, then our lives just become pretty overwhelming and, and gloomy. And for some, just deeply unenjoyable to say the least. Now, this episode is not going to be about perspective because I think I, I spoke quite at length about that in the last one. Now, before we jump into what this episode is indeed about, I, I have to digress for just a quick moment and, and acknowledge something. After all, this is a show about emotional intelligence. And at the time of this recording, I think we can all agree that, that we've been witnessing an, an incredible absence of emotional intelligence permeating through the very fabric of American society, and really societies around the world for that matter. So many of us are scratching our heads asking, how do we coexist on a planet with people who possess such a, a breathtaking lack of self-awareness and, and empathy towards others? How do we coexist with people who make no room in their hearts or minds for, for others who, who look, think, believe, and, and act differently? Now, look, I, I don't have a magical answer to, to those important questions. You know, ultimately, the reality is that it isn't really our job to try to change others, because, because that can be incredibly frustrating at times, quite disheartening, I think, especially if you're dealing with people who are hell-bent on misunderstanding you no matter what. As the famous English writer uh, Aldous Huxley once said, there is only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving, and that's your own self. So, so really, all we can do is focus on our own decency and humanity and, and how that might inspire others to, to do better and be better. And so even as we continue to observe all the unsettling events happening around us, the cloudiness of fear and, and hatred that seems to have descended upon us, let us not lose sight of, of the impact that we can still have. I mean, the, the individual and positive contributions that we can make, e each and every one of us, towards having a less dysfunctional and, and a more caring society. And in part, we do this by daring to care about our own decency and humanity. And, and that's a lot of what this episode is about. You know, we're, we're still very much at the early part of the year, and, and there's no time like the present to focus more deliberately on this. While I know that you might be someone who set some New Year's resolutions for the tangible and, and the physical goals that you want to accomplish this year, I hope that you can make room or have already made room uh, for some goals around the intangibles, around who you want to be more of this year. 
whether it be a better friend, uh, a more engaged listener, a stronger supporter or, or advocate of others, and, and so on. So this particular episode uh, was inspired by, by two things, by a story I stumbled upon last year and by my father's legacy that, that left an indelible mark on the hearts and minds of, of all who got to know him. So towards the end of last year, I, I stumbled upon a story that touched me. It was a story of, of Stephanie Lynn Smith, 29 years old and from Texas. So Stephanie was so looking forward to marrying her fiance on November 13th in the same field where, where they got engaged just a year earlier. And days before her wedding, she fell sick with, with what she believed was shingles, which was something that she had come down with on an earlier occasion. In spite of being given medication for it, just like the last time, her condition continued to worsen. And eventually her fiancé had to take her to the hospital. And when he did, she was diagnosed with, with COVID-19 and pneumonia. And her oxygen levels plummeted and, and eventually she had to be resuscitated three times. And on the fourth time, the doctors were, were unable to get her pulse back. So sadly, Stephanie lost her battle with the virus just five days after she would have walked down the aisle for what was an undoubtedly the most anticipated day of her young life. And in the midst of reading this heartwarming yet, yet heartbreaking story and, and learning more about her life and impact, one thing jumped out at me and, and caught my attention. In addition to everything beautiful her fiancé said about her, he ended it all by saying that Stephanie was an uncommonly caring and loving person. So I thought, why did that phrase catch my attention? Perhaps it's because we are living in a world that feels increasingly uncaring and unkind, one that often feels like, like we're just keeping each other in mind less and less. And why did her fiancé even have to use the word uncommon? And, and, and then I thought to myself, Will we ever get to see a time when being truly caring and loving is so prevalent in our society that, that there's nothing uncommon about it? Hmm, I really wonder. The reality, though, is that we all have it within us to be more caring and loving, right? I mean, we all do. But sometimes we get so distracted in our own busy lives with our own agendas that, that the thinking about how others are experiencing us is the furthest thing from our minds. I mean, wouldn't we all love to have the reputation of being someone that others experience as genuinely caring and kind? I mean, I bet, I bet you know what it feels like to be in the presence of someone who, who is uncommonly caring and loving. And then I think to myself, well, why can't, why can't that be us? And more consistently so. Maybe you feel that that's exactly who you already are. But do you have room to be more caring and loving towards others? My guess is probably yes. And really, that goes for all of us. As human beings, we're hardwired for connection, right? And, and the more meaningful our relationships feel, the happier we are. And that's just a fact. We cannot live in, in any meaningful way without love and social connection. And, and true love and connection requires reciprocity. So it's unfair, it's, it's kind of unfair for us to expect others around us to be loving and caring and not care about offering that up in return. You know, when I, when I heard Stephanie's fiance describe her as uncommonly caring and loving, 
it, it immediately made me think of my dear father, the irreplaceable Eric Balfour. And, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But, but leading up to that, I, I want to offer up a personal challenge that I invite you to consider taking on this year. <laughs> Actually, in, in the spirit of this show, let's just call it a dare. So I dare you to care about becoming an inviting soul. I mean, if, if you got to the end of your life and you were described as an inviting soul, how would that make you feel to have heard that? And what, what would that have looked like in your life? Well, you know what? Let's take a short step back. When you hear the word inviting, what comes to mind for you? Because I'm sure we all have different ideas of, of what it means, but at the heart of it, we, we probably share a basic understanding of it, right? I mean, okay, let, let's, let's look at how good old Google defines it. It says that inviting means, quote-unquote, offering the promise of an attractive or enjoyable experience. Offering the promise of an attractive or enjoyable experience. That's inviting. So here's my question to you. In your, in your personal and professional interactions with others, do you think you offer an enjoyable experience? Are, are people generally better or worse off for having been in your presence? I mean, are you someone that others enthusiastically embrace or would rather avoid and ignore? Now, don't get me wrong, we're human, and these, these aren't questions that, that demand perfect answers or perfect behavior. And, and I'm not implying that we have to expend a huge amount of energy manipulating the outcome of our interactions with others just so that we are liked. No, that's not it at all. I mean, on the whole, how much forethought and effort do you put into your interactions with others? And how much do you think about how you are experienced? I don't know, maybe it's time for a mirror moment as we, we move full swing into the remainder of 2021, right? Kind of putting that mirror up to ourselves from time to time. So an inviting soul is exactly how I and countless others experienced my father. Admittedly, uh, when I sat down to think through specific ways that my dad was indeed an inviting soul, I, I realized that, that it was kind of hard to isolate individual moments and point, point them out for the sake of, of proving his reputation. And then I realized that, that that's because so much of the way he carried himself was filled with, with genuine goodness and, and a thoughtfulness for others. He wasn't one of those dads whose goodness was sprinkled around so sparingly that each moment of goodness stood out in memory because they were so few and far between. I mean, so much of it was in the way that my father made others feel when, when they were around him. And, and I would watch in awe as, as people came alive in his presence. He, he just had a way about him and a way of carrying himself. And people felt a freedom to, to just be themselves when they were around him. You know, as I share about my father, I, I want you to think, is there, is there someone in your life, someone maybe that you've crossed paths with who, who stands out to you as being an inviting soul? I mean, if you can think of someone, th then I want you to hold them in mind for just a moment. Keep, keep them in mind as you hear these characteristics that I believe made my father so inviting and see if any of them resonate with you for the person that you have in mind. So when you were in, in my father's presence, he made you feel really important and, and he made you feel seen. 
I remember um, accompanying him and his boss on a, on a trip to Madagascar. And it was, it was a place my dad frequented a few times a year for work. And on this particular occasion, they were there to spearhead the construction of, of a water project in, in a remote part of the capital, Antananarivo. <laughs> I dare you to say that three times. Uh, now, from the moment we, 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 we set foot in the hotel upon arrival, the bellman, the cleaning lady walking past the front desk, and some of the front desk staff, they all stopped what they were doing and they enthusiastically greeted us. And, and then they gave my father a little bit of extra attention. And as this was happening, I noticed a, a slight frown on, on, on his boss's face. And I wondered what that was about. And after they checked us in, our bags were, were sent up to our respective rooms while we went straight to, to, to the restaurant for lunch. And when we got seated, my father's boss asked him what he did to get that kind of reaction from everyone in the hotel. And he lamented about the fact that that, that was, wasn't something that he had ever experienced himself. And then he said, ah, it's probably because you tipped them well, isn't it? Okay, so fast forward, three days later, as I was heading to the front desk to check us out of the hotel, I bumped into one of the cleaning ladies and, and she asked me if Mr. B was my father. I knew instantly who she was referring to because my dad previously told me that that's what they called him. And she seemed elated when I said yes. And then she said, he always makes us feel so special. He takes time to talk to us and, and, and he knows a lot about us. And the last thing she said was, we will never forget Mr. B. Even when he, if he is busy, he always makes time to come and talk to us and give us some advice if we have problems. I'm just a maid here, but, but he makes me feel important and, and proud to do what I do in this hotel. And as I walked away, I, I smiled privately to myself because, because I understood clearly that, that the connections my dad made with them wasn't just because he tipped them well. It was because he cared about who they were as human beings. And another reason why I believe my father was so inviting was because whenever you talked to him, you got the real sense that he was listening and, and not just waiting his turn to talk, as I'm, as I'm, and I'm sure most of us are guilty of doing from time to time. And, you know, he showed, he showed that he was, he was really listening and not just waiting his turn to talk, by the, by the way he maintained good eye contact. I mean, he rarely interrupted others and, and he, he, he always asked interesting questions that made it clear that he was, he was present and engaged. And being present allowed him to, to, to better notice what mattered to others. My dad was also someone who, who, who was genuinely interested in others and he didn't steadfastly or stubbornly hold on to his beliefs with a no matter what sort of attitude. And even when he had strong beliefs about something, he made room for you to feel like you could hold on to your belief as well. He was always pretty conscious about the impact that his words and actions had on, on others. I, I saw this even in, in the empathic way that, that he often talked to, to my brothers and me. And he was non-judgmental, you know, he was quite open-minded and this made him very approachable and interesting. Now, I know that sometimes it could feel like a, bit, a, a lot of extra work to, to be all of those things I just mentioned. But it's really all about the effort we put forth and not the perfection that we strive for. I mean, is it work to develop meaningful and sustaining connections with others? Yes. Does it take work to become the kind of person others respect and genuinely want to be around? You bet. 
but it's work worth doing. And the bonus is that it makes you a better version of yourself. You know, it, it makes your relationships that much richer and more fulfilling. And, and ultimately, it makes you a, a more successful human being. And, and I think that being a successful human being isn't just about the tangible and material accomplishments that we, we get to achieve throughout our lifetime. I think it's just as much, if not more, about who we were while we were here on this earth and whether our presence made some sort of difference. And I'm not just talking materially. You know, maybe the difference was, was made simply in an uplifting and timely conversation that you had with someone who was really in need. Maybe it's, it's because you lent a genuine listening ear to someone when they least expected it. Maybe it was simply in the words of encouragement that you shared that kept someone's spirits up as they traveled through their storm. So, so caring about becoming an inviting soul ought to matter. And it ought to matter because I'm sure, I'm sure like me, you want to be happy and you care about having meaningful and rich relationships in your life, don't you? And like the rest of us, you have a fundamental desire to, be, to feel seen and, and heard and valued. And we sure as heck don't get to enjoy those nourishing relationships or the, the other benefits that fuel the human soul if, if people generally are repulsed by our presence or, or could care less about us. I mean, being caring and loving and, and being inviting, it just makes us more interesting and, and more of a joy to be around. And as, I, as a bonus, look, we, it helps us become more positively influential, which in itself is important because none of us exist or, or make it in this world on our own. So as we continue on with, with the remainder of the year, I, I want to challenge you to find one or two things that you could commit to paying closer and more deliberate attention to. W one or two things that could move you farther along the journey of becoming a truly inviting soul. And, and maybe, maybe it's going to be in the commitment you make to, to listen more without judgment. Maybe it's, it's about keeping up a practice of giving undivided attention when you're in the presence of others. Perhaps it's about being more of an enthusiastic cheerleader of others. Or maybe, maybe it's just about being more genuinely helpful without an agenda and, and without keeping score. If you committed to being more of an inviting soul this year, what, what would that look like for you? How would it come alive in your life in a way that offers others an enjoyable experience to be in your presence? Just a little bit of food for thought, I hope. Well, I hope that you decide in, in, in some shape or form to, to personally take on this challenge with me. I, I'll be right there alongside with you. I have a couple of things that I'm committing to doing to, to work on to, to help me uh, become more of an inviting soul. And, and I hope you'll join me in that challenge. Uh, as always, I, I want to thank you for the privilege of your listening ear and, and for your continued support of the show. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please feel free to do that on your favorite uh, platform. And uh, yeah, feel free to share this content with one or two people that you think might, might find it useful. Thank you, as always, for, for your time and listening in. And until we meet again in the, in the very next episode, uh, take good care, stay well, stay well, and, and remember to dare to care.